Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew, Bible teacher and pastor of Grace Valley Christian Center, located in Davis, California. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series on the Book of Romans with this message entitled, Sola di Gloria, To God Be the Glory. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 3. Now, here's our teacher, Pastor P.G. Matthew. Heavenly Father, thank you for your powerful, effectual calling, invitation to us sinners. And thank you for, through that effectual calling, uniting us by faith to your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. This invitation is for the purpose that we might have fellowship with the Holy Father, that we might have fellowship with your Holy Son, that we might have communion with your Holy Spirit, that we might enjoy fellowship with all the people of God. Amen. Soli Deo Gloria. To God alone be glory. If salvation for sinners, listen, if salvation for sinners who merited the wrath and destruction of God, if that salvation is by grace alone, sola gratia, through faith in Christ alone, sola fide, then the saved sinner must give to God alone glory. How can the poor dying beggar who was given a feast by a gracious king boast and say, I merited, I deserved this feast from the king. The saved saints of God Praise God forever, saying, in the words of Revelation 7 and verse 10, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. God, friends, in his mercy saved us through his Son who redeemed us from all slavery at the cost of his death death on the cross. Jesus Christ propitiated the wrath of God that was against us by his shed blood on the cross. God the Father justified us forever, pardoning all our sins because Christ Jesus died for our sins and was raised for our justification. Consider for a moment who we had been before we met Jesus Christ. And Paul says in Romans 5, we were without strength, impotent. That is, we could not save ourselves. No man can save himself. All other religions except religion of the Bible speaks in terms of self-salvation. 
Secondly, we were sinners. That is, we transgressed all God's holy laws. And thus we dishonored him. Thirdly, we were ungodly and therefore unrighteous. That is, we were fools who said in our heart there is no God. And number four, finally, we were sinners of God. Enemies of God, that is. We were enemies of God. Which is the essence of sin. Sin in its essence is enmity toward God. Yet the truth is we were loved by God the Father who sent his son who died for us. So I say away with all human pride. Instead let us praise God always now and forevermore. And in all humility. Pride and self-glorying is the sin that made Lucifer the devil. Turn with me to the book of Isaiah and the 14th chapter. And I'll read from verse, verse 12. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. There it is, the arrogance of human heart. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Man wants to be God. That is the essence of arrogance, to dethrone him and establish himself as God. Well, God has something to say, sir, to such arrogant people. Isaiah 14, beginning with verse 22, I will rise up against them, declares the Lord Almighty. I will cut off from Babylon her name and survivors, her offspring and descendants, declares the Lord. I will turn her into a place for owls and into a swamp land. I will sweep her with the broom of destruction, declares the Lord Almighty. He will not tolerate human arrogance. C.S. Lewis, in his book, Mere Christianity, speaks about pride. And he says, there is one vice of which no man in the world is free, which everyone in the world loathes when he sees it in someone else, and of which hardly any people except Christians ever imagine that they are guilty themselves. I have heard people admit that they are bad-tempered, or that they cannot keep their heads about girls or drink, or even that they are cowards. I do not think I have ever heard anyone who was not a Christian accuse himself of this vice. And at the same time, I have very seldom met anyone who was not a Christian who showed the slightest mercy to it in others. 
there is no fault which makes a man more unpopular and no fault which we are more unconscious of in ourselves and the more we have it ourselves the more we dislike it in others the voice I am talking of is pride and I had a man who stood over there and he said his sin is pride and then he said this is the sin that made Lucifer the devil and in due time the pride destroyed him and he has become an enemy of the gospel we read in chapter 3 verse 24 and 25 being justified freely by his grace through the redemption which is in Christ Jesus whom God presented as propitiation through faith in his blood if that is true we have nothing to boast and we have everything to praise the triune God for our eternal salvation so Romans 3 27 through 31 our text this morning teaches us that salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ excludes three things and first justification by grace through faith friends excludes all boasting and so we read in verse 27 God has shut all human pride out the Jews were boasters they bragged about their race and their religious privileges they considered themselves holy they looked down upon others as unclean they called them dogs turn to chapter 2 of Romans and verse 17 now you if you call yourself a Jew if you rely on the law and notice the same word brag about your relationship to God look at verse 23 you who brag about the law do you dishonor God by breaking the law and chapter 4 verse 2 if in fact Abraham was justified by works he had something to brag about but not before God I turn to Romans chapter 9 the privileges of the Jews in which they boasted are listed there beginning with verse 3 for I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers those of my own race the people of Israel theirs is the adoption of sons there's the divine glory the covenants the receiving of the law the temple worship and the promises theirs are the patriarchs and from them is traced the human ancestry of Christ who is God over all forever be praised amen and in Matthew chapter 3 verse 9 John the Baptist says this do not think you can say to yourselves we have Abraham as our father 
Let us listen to the pride and the boasting of the Jew, the Pharisee, in Luke chapter 18. Beginning with verse 9, to some who were confident of their own righteousness. And looked down on everybody else. Jesus told this parable, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood up and prayed about himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. Or listen to another famous Pharisee who became a battle-scarred veteran of the cross, Philippians chapter 3. And beginning with verse 4, if anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence, notice, in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, perfect. Perfect, sir. But this bragging business is not just the business of the Jews. It was also the business of the Gentiles. Turn with me to Romans chapter 1, verse 18. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. Speaking about the Gentiles. Look at verse 22. Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools. Look at verse 25. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than creator. And look at verse 28. Furthermore, since they did not think it worthwhile, arrogant, proud, to retain the knowledge of God, he gave them over to a depraved mind. And look at verse 30. Slanderers, boast, God-haters, insolent, arrogant, and boastful. Or turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, speaking about the arrogance and boasting and Pride. And my daughter spoke, gave a lecture last Sunday, and there you saw how the arrogant scientists boast. They are not all Jews. First Corinthians 1, beginning with 18, for the message of the cross is what foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God, for it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligence of the intelligent, I will frustrate, where is the wise man, where is the scholar, where is the philosopher of this age, has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? Verse 26, brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble worth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast 
before him. And verse 31, therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Yes, Jews boast, Gentiles boast. We are told that man, sinful man, is not justified by any human merit, but only by the merit of Jesus Christ. So Romans chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Therefore no one will be declared righteous in his sight by observing the law. And verse 21, but now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known. And verse 28, for we maintain, we conclude, we reckon, we understand that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. Friends, our own words condemn us to hell. The work of Christ alone saves us. So we believe in Jesus Christ. Look at chapter 3 and verse 22. It says this righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ. No other way to be saved. Look at verse 6. He did it to demonstrate his justice at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. The efficient cause of justification by works is what man does. The efficient cause of justification by faith is what? Is what Christ does. So we believe in Jesus Christ. Faith is extrospective. That is looking always to Jesus Christ, not introspective. We look to Christ alone, not to ourselves. So Paul says we live by faith, not by sight. Even Abraham, the father of all believers, had no cause to boast in himself. We read in chapter 4, verse 2. He believed in God and was justified. Friends, salvation by Christ's death excludes, therefore, all human boasting. Cross has done it all. Jesus paid it all. And all to him I owe. So we sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound. That saved a wretch like me. You ask then, what about our good works, our obedience to God, our keeping God's commandments? Well, I have an answer for you. All our good works are the effect of God's grace. It is by God's grace we do all good works. Jesus said the branch can do nothing unless it is united to the vine and lives by its life. Jesus said, because I live, you will live also. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians to prove this point. Chapter 9. 
and verse 8. There are five alls. Take a note of it. And God is able to make all grace. See, that's a source. Abound to you. God pours out grace in abundance to you. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, that is grace, you will abound in all a good work. So then, friends, we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has foreordained that we should walk in them. But we do this by grace. And if it is by grace, where is your boasting? And then verse 11, and God is able to make all grace abound to you. Verse 11 says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous. So you are generous? Well, how come you are generous? Because God gave you grace. And you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity will result what? In thanksgiving to God. Yet, on the other hand, the saints of God are boasters. We boast here and we boast in heaven. We worship God. We give God the glory. We boast in God. And we boast in the cross of Christ. So we read, therefore, as it is written, let him bo who boast, boast in the Lord. Turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 9. Verse 23 and 24, this is what the Lord says, Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches. Isn't that what people do out there every day? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the boasting of things. But let him who boast, boast about this. That he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice and righteousness on earth. For in these I delight, declares the Lord. Friends, on the other hand, we are boasters and we boast every day in God. What turned with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4 to put an end to all boasting. If you still feel that you have an itch to boast. Chapter 4, 1 Corinthians, verse 7. For who makes you different from anyone else? And what do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? So, friends, let us pour content upon all our pride and let us praise God. Soli Deo Gloria. Let's praise the Lord. Amen. Secondly, justification by grace through faith excludes all sinful discrimination. I have experienced discrimination left and right. And you can outlaw all this 
but it is deep in human heart. Romans 3 verse 28 says, For we reckon, that is we maintain, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without works of the law. In the Greek, a man is justified. Anthropos, meaning every man, Jew and Gentile. The only way of salvation for every man, Jew and Gentile, is faith in Jesus Christ. A man is justified not by his works, but by faith. Either one tries to save himself by his good works, and this is what is true of all religions except Christianity. Or he is saved by faith in the work of Jesus on the cross. Take a look at chapter 3 verse 29 and 30. Here St. Paul adduces the argument that God is one. It's a very important argument. This one God is God of the Jews and the Gentiles. He is God of all peoples of the world. See what Paul is doing is. He is taking this faith of the Jews in monotheism. And using that doctrine against their arrogance and exclusivism. Turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And this idea is found in Isaiah many times. Isaiah 43, 11, 45, 5, 21, 22, and so on. God is one. And Psalm 96 and verse 1 says this. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. And Abraham speaks to God in Genesis 18 and verse 25. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? One God. One judge. One savior. So then the argument goes like this. If God is one. Then he is God of all people. Since man cannot save himself, God must save Jews and Gentiles. Since God is one, there can only be one way of salvation. St. Paul already said there is no difference. You see, man is always creating difference. He's thinking up difference. Racial, color. Gender, rank, always some difference. There is no difference. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Paul says in 6.23 of Romans, wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. There are not many gods, so there are no many ways of salvation. One way for the Jews and another way for the Gentiles. So, friends, there is no discrimination in the way sinners are saved. 
So we are told in chapter 1 verse 16. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greeks. And this way of salvation was God's plan from all eternity. In Genesis chapter 12 verse 3 we read, I will bless those who bless you and whoever curses you I will curse. And notice, and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Or Genesis 22 and verse 18. And we read the same thing, and through your offspring, of course, that is Jesus Christ, all the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. And that's what Jesus Christ is saying in Luke 24. For verse 46 and 47, and here we read, he told them this is what is written in the entire Old Testament. The law and the prophets witness to this salvation. He told them this is what is written, that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and what? Repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. Or take a look at Galatians chapter 3, uh, where St. Paul tells us what the plan of God was, which was to save all people through Jesus Christ. Galatians 3 and verse 6. Consider Abraham, he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God will justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. All nations. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. There is one God. There is one people. There is one way of salvation. That is through faith in Jesus Christ. And there is one Savior. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. St. Paul said the same thing. There is salvation in no other. St. Paul says in 1 Timothy 2, 5 and 6, there is no difference between Jew and Gentile sinners. God is one who is God of all. This one God has one way of salvation. Become a Christian by faith in Jesus Christ. Friends, at the foot of the cross, we are all equal. No difference. No difference in sin, no difference in condemnation, no difference in salvation. God pardons the sins of Jews and Gentiles alike. God makes them all saints and sons of God. There's only one way of salvation. All other ways of salvation are false, including Judaism that refuses to recognize Jesus Christ as the Son of God. Then what are these religions doing? They are really only ways of damnation. They are wretched sin before the sight of God. There is no difference. 
discrimination should be outlawed, sinful discrimination. And we noticed even in this city, Korean church, Chinese church, black church, Jeremiah writes, black church, Obama was a member of it for 20 years. It is black power church, yeah. It's not church, sir, where there exists discrimination. White church, black church. The circumcised are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. The uncircumcised are also saved by faith in Jesus Christ. The church, the people of God, consists of believing Jew and Gentile. Dr. John R. W. Stott said, Church is an international body of believers from all tribes and languages and nations, all color in the spectrum. There is no discrimination. Jesus Christ destroys all sinful discrimination. Well, let's prove that to you. Turn Ephesians chapter 2 beginning with verse verse 11 therefore remember that formerly you who are Gentiles by birth and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision remember that at that time you were separate from Christ excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world but now in Christ Jesus you who once were far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ for he himself is our peace who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself, friends, one new man out of the two, thus making peace and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near for through him we both have access to the father by one spirit consequently friends you are no longer foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with God's people members of God's household built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone in whom notice the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord and in him you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit let me prove from chapter 3 of Ephesians beginning with verse 6 this mystery is that through the gospel the Gentiles are what heirs together we don't like that heirs together with Israel members together of one body and sharers together in the promise of promise in Christ Jesus chapter 4 and verse 4 there is one body one spirit and so on one body sir one body Galatians chapter 3 and verse 26, you are all sons of God, all sons of God, through faith in Christ Jesus for all of you 
who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to promise. And you can keep on reading it. There cannot be any racial discrimination, color discrimination, gender discrimination, master-slave discrimination. There is only one discrimination, that is salvation is to be found in Jesus Christ alone. And I was reading a theologian about Christian ethics, and he cited a situation that a black family visited a white church. And this wonderful pastor, he visited that black family in due time and suggested this. You'll be more, come on, comfortable in that black church, which is 50 miles, 25 miles away. I just want you to be what? Comfortable. See, somehow the white people think what will make everybody else comfortable. Those who have gold makes the rules. So we have Korean church, Chinese church, white church, black church. And I was brought up in Syrian Orthodox church. They are the Brahmins in India. They don't associate with anybody who are not Brahmins. So the Holy Ghost was poured out many, many years ago in that part of the world. And the Holy Ghost destroyed all barriers that human beings built up. And I still remember going with my father and our pastor to visit a pariah, an untouchable, who came to know Christ. And I remember us sitting in the hut on the ground and eating what they gave us because that's very important to establish the biblical fellowship. When it is the truth that no pariah would ever enter into our house or eat with us. But when the Holy Ghost was poured out, that's exactly what happened. Friends, all belong to one family. All belong to one Father, our Heavenly Father. All are brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. All are saints of God. All approach God in the name of Jesus. Dr. Stott says this, all who believe in Jesus belong to the same family and should be eating at the same table. That's what Paul's doctrine of justification by faith is all about. Even St. Peter, who was taught this lesson, failed to practice it in the church at Antioch. And you read how St. Paul had to rebuke him publicly for his discriminatory practice. Number three, quickly. Justification by grace through faith excludes lawlessness, antinomianism, autonomy. I would say today that vast majority of evangelicals consider law and grace to be antithetical. And they are proud to say that they live by grace because they do not obey God's law. 
So Paul deals with this in the last verse of our text. The argument goes like this. If justification is not by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ, then what is the use of the law? Is the law worthless? Does faith principle nullify the law? The answer is by no means. We do not annul the law. We instead uphold the law. The law is never antithetical to grace. Let me give you certain reasons. Number one, friends. The law reveals the character of God. That God is holy. We are told that the law was given by God. It is holy, righteous, good, and spiritual. Number two. The law reveals our character. It is a mirror that shows our filth and our dirt. Romans 3.20 and Romans 7.7 tell you that the law reveals the fact that we are sinful. Number three. The law itself testifies to salvation by grace. Romans 3 verse 21. Number four. The goal, the goal of the law is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the goal of the law. Romans 10 verse 4. Number five, Jesus Christ came to fulfill the law in behalf of us. Matthew 3.15, Matthew 5.17 through 18, Galatians 4.6, and Hebrews 5.8. Salvation is, friends, salvation is by the works of obedience to God's law, by the works of Christ's obedience, so that salvation for us can be found through faith in Christ who obeyed the law. Martin Lord Jones says what the apostle maintains here is that God's way of declaring those who believe in Christ to be righteous honors God and upholds the law. Number six, Galatians 3.21 says God did not give the law to impart us life. That was not the purpose of it. Number seven, the law condemns us and yet the law points us to Jesus Christ for our salvation. It is like John the Baptist said, behold, don't look at me, behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sin of the world. So you go home and read Galatians 3, 23 to 25, the law leads us to Jesus Christ. Number eight, Grace enables us to keep the moral law of God. And I just want to read one verse that will tell you what Paul's understanding of the law was. Romans 13, in this same book, verse 8, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. And then he cites... The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, etc., etc. And whatever other commandment there may be are summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. And now he says, love does not harm to, does no harm to its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Jesus Christ said, 
The first commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is love your neighbor as yourself. On these two laws hang the law and the prophets. And that's why those who are saved by grace keep God's law. If you love me, Jesus said, you will obey my commandment. So antinomianism is excluded by the doctrine of justification by faith. Justified by faith keeps God's commandment by God's enabling grace. Number nine, the law pronounces, friends, judgment upon all violators of God's law. The wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. The wages of sin is death. The soul that sinneth, it must die. Let me conclude. First, if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ alone, if you have not been redeemed by Christ's death, if Jesus is not your propitiatory sacrifice, and if you are not justified by the Father on the basis of the righteousness of Christ alone, the law of God condemns you. The wrath of God abides upon you. Soon you shall die. Maybe even today you may die. And you may die in your sins. And enter into God's eternal judgment. Friends, see that serious danger. Repent of your sins. Believe in Jesus Christ who fully obeyed the law for you. Be saved forever. He invites you to come to Jesus and be saved. Now, those who are justified by faith, I say this to you, friends. Let us be humble. Let us not boast in anything except in Jesus Christ and his cross. Let us praise God. Let us worship him in all of life living for his glory. Let us not discriminate. Let us love one another. We are equally sinners and we are all saints and sons of God in God's only Son. So let us lay down our life for our brothers. Finally, friends, let us uphold the law of God by his grace. Away with all Christian antinomianism and autonomy and cheap grace and lawlessness. God has made us who were enemies of God. God has made us lovers of God. And love fulfills God's laws. Let us prove daily that we are children of God who obeys the Father. Exactly. Immediately. And with great joy. As the Holy Spirit enables us to do so. Heavenly Father, we pray that you help us to do exactly what I have spoken. Help us to run to Jesus Christ and be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. You have been listening to Grace and Glory Audio with this message entitled, Sola di Gloria. 
Come back soon for more transforming Bible teaching from Pastor P.G. Matthew.